And so God is not saying to us that if we pray, I promise you that there will not be a gunman coming into your church and shooting you. There is no such promise from God, and we need to say that. Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and welcome to Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld and Isaac Dagno of In Doubt Ministries. In Doubt is our young adult ministry, and I really encourage you to check it out. It's at indoubt.ca, and I think you'll find a lot of blessing there if you're asking questions. Young people are asking questions about God and faith. Today we want to ask the question about prayer. Now, uh, last week we talked about our Governor General and some of the statements she made. Uh, so we, we wanted to make sure we gave equal opportunity uh, to one of the leaders in the U.S., and that's uh, Paul Ryan, uh, leader of the House. And he was uh, significantly taken to task um, because he was remarking about the tragedy that happened in Texas, the mass killing in the church there. And he talked about sending his thoughts and prayers. And right away, uh, social media came alive and started ridiculing him for that. Um, I don't think it was specifically because of the issue of prayer, but it was because he would he hadn't responded otherwise. John, give us a little bit of what you think. Yeah, my, my sense is it's probably not a ridiculing of prayer. Yeah. Uh, my sense is that because of the, the divisiveness in the U.S., and so uh, the Democrats very much want there to be gun legislation, and the Republicans are resisting, and so rather than actually doing something as a legislator, he's simply saying thoughts and prayers rather than actually getting to work. We might say in that case, it's very much like what we have in the end of James, where we say to somebody who's hungry, uh, be warm and be well fed, but do nothing to care for his physical right. needs. How can the love of God be in you, says James? Right. Right. So I, I view that one not as a ridiculing of prayer, yeah. but rather as a difference in how they, the, the, the United States views this thing. And yet, nonetheless, uh, prayer is at the center of this thing, and, and we're talking about prayer. That's right. And I think it brings up a couple of issues, a couple of questions of prayer. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked about the earthquake in Mexico. Uh, we look at this situation in Texas with this church. Uh, the earthquake in Mexico, there was a story of these folks being uh, baptizing. Yeah, they're uh, baptizing their infant uh, child. Their infant child. Mm -hmm. And obviously, prayer was taking place there. Obviously, in this church in Texas, prayer was taking place there. I guess the quick question would be, where's the power of prayer in these circumstances? Does prayer not protect us as believers? Yeah, and there, there's, there's a need for a discussion about what prayer actually accomplishes. Uh, Isaac and Ben, we could say to ourselves, you know, we're having such a good time doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, let's pray that Jesus doesn't come back in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, if God has determined the second coming of Christ, our prayers will be of no effect whatsoever. So as a matter of fact, we need to recognize that the power is not so much in prayer, but the power is in God, right. and that we are cooperating with Him. Yeah. Uh, it is also true that there are some things that we will earnestly pray for that God will say no to us. Yeah. It is also true that Job, who was a godly man on a single day, not only lost his wealth, but lost all of his children, and so God is not saying to us that if we pray, I promise you that there will not be a gunman coming into your church and shooting you. Right. There is no such promise from God, and we need to say that. Yeah. But the promise is there that God answers the prayers of His people, and, and maybe that's what we need to talk about. So, what is the context? So what does that look like? Yeah. What, if, if we should have confidence in prayer, confidence in the power of prayer, 
what ought that look like? I do know this, Ben, that when I pray and I say, Lord, help me to lean more on your Holy Spirit. Help me to overcome the urging of my flesh. Help me to be holy. God, give me boldness to share my faith with others. Mm -hmm. I am convinced that these are godly prayers and that God indeed answers them. So there are a whole host of prayers that we are told beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will answer. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of prayers we are told that God will not answer. If I pray for ungodliness, God will say no to that. Right. Then there's that whole middle range in which we say, um, God may answer and He may not. Right. He may have wider purposes in mind, purposes that I don't yet understand. Uh, but he may act in, that, in, in terms of that. But I do know this about prayer. The more that I pray, the more I gain a sense of the heart of God. Right. Uh, prayer is not only for the answers that I'm seeking, it is also to put me in touch mm -hmm. with the God that I desperately need to be in touch with. Yeah. So there is that aspect of prayer. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's, you know, talk about that middle ground part where he could, like you pray for healing or something like that. Yeah. It's like he may have a wider view and plan in his sovereignty and, and things like that. And I think that there's mystery there. There's a mystery in, in prayer. But at the same time, I think one of my favorite parables of, of, of Jesus is in Luke, and it's that short one about the uh, persistent widow. And I love it because here's a very practical issue. This, this widow uh, was asking for justice because she was experiencing injustice. Yeah. And she kept going to the, the unjust you know, judge, I guess, of the land, king of the land, asking, please, please, please. And finally, he's like, oh, she's just annoying me so much. I'm just going to give it to her. And then it says, how much more would God give to us? And he loves us. And the purpose of that parable even is to say that, you know, you ought always to pray and never give up. And I, I think that's really, it's hopeful that we ought always to pray and never give up. And yeah. I think it's important to recognize that. And it's important for us also to say in, in those kind of prayers, which require persistence, yes. um, that God's not falling asleep and we have to speak loudly enough. And if only we can get enough of us together, right. we can band together right. and have enough spiritual energy to do that that's kind right. of stuff. That's right, exactly. Um, the idea of persistence yeah. is intended, I think, by God to remind us mm -hmm that we are dependent on yes, Him. Yes, completely. And uh, so, you know, there are a number of things that we will pray. I, I would say one of the things that, you know, Christ has taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer is, is forgive us our trespasses. We're to ask daily that God would forgive our sins. Well, we know that Christ already died on the cross for right. our sins. Our sins are already covered and taken away. So how does the God who has already removed my future sins and my sins that I'll commit today, already hidden the cross, why does he ask me to come to him and pray? Yeah. And I think the answer is that God wants me to come to him and pray so that I would at all points in time remember how dependent I am yeah, for right. him. Right, that's good. Yeah. I mean, food yeah. doesn't taste better if I pray, yeah. Yeah. but as a matter of fact, if I pray, I'm reminded that the food came from his hand. Yeah. There's something that happens inside me as that's well. Good. And it's a reminder of gratitude too, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think of the, uh, the passage, Paul, where he talks about being steadfast, being watchful, being prayers of gratitude. It's, I think it, when we pray and pray in that way, it's a reminder of thankfulness for all the incredible things is, that God has done because we, we, we tend to uh, 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 default to God help me, God help me, God help me, God help me. And then when God isn't helping us the way we think he ought to help us, then we become disappointed in our faith rather than looking to the word or rather in prayer, reminding ourselves of the incredible things God has done the sins that he has removed. Uh, now, I also want to talk about, it, it, it seems like society has sort of trivialized prayer. 
And we see that all the time, particularly on social media. Mm -hmm. I think well-meaning people, perhaps. A uh, tragedy happens, then uh, Twitter explodes with thoughts and prayers for you. Yeah. I'm sending my positive prayers to you. My prayer energy is going in your direction, kind of thing. And we've trivialized it to the point where it really doesn't mean anything, and we need to be really cautious of that yeah. as God's people, don't we? I mean, I, I think about the whole thoughts and prayers thing, and it's not in the typing of prayers, sending it out, that does anything. That's literally exactly. just digital pixels on a thing. It doesn't do anything. Uh, and I, I would imagine that a huge percentage of people that write thoughts and prayers um, I mean, I don't want to put a general landscape, but I, I don't know if they actually sit down there and you know take time off their computer now and get on their knees and pray an earnest prayer for what's going on. Um, and I think, you know, I would say 40 years ago, I think generally, especially the states, there was definitely a, uh, everyone would be okay with that. It was more, everyone was kind of Christian and everything like that. But now more and more as we kind of go in this post-Christian era, especially in Canada with all secularism, uh, you can totally tell that there is a, you know, the moment you write that, uh, people look at that as just religious junk, and we need we need to do something practical. I think the really ironic thing is, though, is true prayer, true genuine prayer, is probably the most practical thing you can do, uh, because God works through that. So, and we sort of have publicly watered down prayer, and I I think of public ceremonies you sort of mentioned. You know, where it used to be that. Uh, a prominent pastor would come and he and a public service mm -hmm. and he'd preach and he'd, he'd even mention the name of Jesus in his prayer. But today when you do public praying, if you're going to be a pastor, you're pretty much scripted out of saying anything that might be suggesting that we have a one and true God and Jesus Christ is you know, the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have two thoughts about that. That's gonna sound like I'm a contrarian here. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I do recognize that we live in this very multi-religious culture. Um, and here I, as a believer, want to see the separation of the church and the state. I don't want the state to dictate what I'm supposed to, prayer, uh, to pray. And uh, so if I were asked to publicly pray, I would pray in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And if you are a Christian clergy person and you're being invited to pray, uh, pray in the way and don't let the government tell you what to do. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I recognize from the government's perspective, they're trying to, they're trying to represent all people. And uh, my response is, I think that's what government is supposed to do. They're supposed to protect people of all religious persuasions and irreligious persuasions. That's not our job in the church. And that sort of goes back to last week. Yeah. Why we talked about what the governor general said, well, that's and, true. and why it wasn't a unifying uh, speech that she <laughs> right. said. That's that's exactly right. So you know we have to have this kind of an understanding. Nonetheless, as believers, let's yeah. pray. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, let's do that. If 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 John, I could impose on you yeah. uh, to pray for the people that are listening today, and that they would just be ignited into just a, a passion for prayer yeah. once again. Pray for us. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that you have invited us into the Holy of Holies through the blood of your Son. Mm -hmm. Thank you, O Lord God, that we have access before the throne of grace. Thank you for the blood of your Son that was shed for us so that our sins might be removed and that we might be presented before you on the merits of Christ alone. Heavenly Father, we also recognize that we have sinned and we ask, O oh Lord God, that you would look upon us and forgive our sins this day. Heavenly Father, I pray, would you ignite in us a passion for your holiness? May we sense our calling more deeply. 
May we see the lostness of the world more keenly. And may we, O oh Lord God, be used by your hand to preach the gospel to this land. And we pray that there would be a revival in this land so that the name of Jesus would be heard from sea to sea. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. Thanks, Isaac. And remember to join us again next week. And if you want to see more episodes of Truth and Life today, go to backtothebible.ca. Thanks again. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.